0: Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Sharnel. And I'm Megan. And we're shaking our good luck giri giri. Always. I have the um, kangaroo sack. And I have the bones. The raccoon, the raccoon bones. bones. Yes. And we are ready. Guess what, y'all? Guess what? I'm finally bringing another case. Megan is going to tell me a case. Listen, it is. Th- you love it when you can sit back. It's I been do. a while, though. I do. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we.
1: I've been busy, but then more importantly, and I think I've told you this before. When I dive into something, I like dive into it, and so it it, It takes takes time with the busy life. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: And I just get to sit here sunburned from all of the baseball games I've been at for my children and drink my coffee. And I still am like, oh, I have a nice tan. They're
1: like, no, that's not a tan. I'm like, it's not a tan for normal people, but I have a lot more freckles. Oh, definitely and all tan the, for you. And all of the freckles together make a tan. Yeah. <laughs> they, they melt together. At least they do in my world. Yes, yes. So I'm going to bring you some crime today
0: um please do because this is a true crime podcast and they'd be been, real disappointed they would if we be didn't. but
1: it's one of those things like we're going to start with um uh, some disappearances okay there's murder okay. um there are five people specifically who are murdered four of whom you might feel more bad for that are murdered than okay. others. It's actually three three okay. of them you'll, you'll feel exceptionally oh, bad about but the, uh, the other two are, are into some shit and i'm going to bring you some uh, drugs Really? We're going to we're gonna do meth today. Okay. <laughs> we're not really going to do no. meth. Meth Sunday. It's not meth Sunday. Oh, all right. Um, and I also want to just at the beginning <laughs> of this, give just a little bit of credit um, so that I have that out there and it doesn't get forgotten that the uh, Des Moines Register was really instrumental in coverage on this case over um, what's going to have turned out to be decades really and uh, at least to see the case come to fruition Okay, Uh, courtney crowder and tyler davis specifically and then there is an um a reporter by the name of steven gruber miller who did an excellent timeline in this case and it, it wasn't exceedingly like difficult to follow. It was just a really good timeline. Okay. Organized. I yeah. enjoyed it. And uh, uh, Sunex Sengupta, which that's the only time I'm going to say that name because I apologize, <laughs> sir or ma'am. I don't. Right. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm very bad. Very interesting. Very bad with that. So <laughs> I'm going to take you to 1993. Mm. So I'm, I'm in high school at that mm-hmm. point. I'm and in third And you grade. are in third grade. That's lovely. Sure Thank you for pointing <laughs> that out. And I'm going to talk to you um, about the Duncan family. So Lori Ann Milbrath Duncan was born to Marge Milbrath in Mason City in Cerro Gordo County, Iowa on November 22nd, 1961. I'm going to tell you about Lori. She was a single mom to two beautiful daughters, a Navy veteran. Wow. A devoted Elvis Presley fan.
0: Oh, I love her already. And was
1: one of these ladies that always found the good in people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in the line of work that you and I work in, when you can find the good in everyone, Uh bad Uh things can happen to you.
0: Sometimes it can. You have to use discernment. (sighs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, you do. So she's utterly devoted to her two daughters. Again, single mom who just loved these babies. Her one child was Candace and the other was Amber. So we have Candace and Amber Duncan. Her family and her hometown meant everything to her. She is a local girl, and everyone knows her and loves her. Lori was always good-hearted, and she makes a new friend. Her new friend's name is Greg Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Well, she allows Greg to move into her home, knowing that he has a past and that he had possibly dealt drugs before. Okay. But she's convinced and we know that substance abusers can be very manipulative. Absolutely. But she believes that he is in rehab and that he's working a program. Okay. And so she's willing to give him a chance. Sure. Now, I respect this about some her. Some people reported that it was like a, a boyfriend, new love interest, but other people were very specific that this was a new friend and she was moving him into the home to uh, literally to give him a chance. Just to help him. So, correct. Oh. This was the summer of 1993. So according to court testimony later, Marge Milbrath, who is Lori's mom, Amberin, and um, Candace's Grammy, she last saw her daughter on July 25th of 1993 while she was driving to the grocery store. They live in the same hometown, right? You're going <coughs> to drive past your daughter and your grandkids' homes every day. Yes. She told the jury how her 31-year-old daughter had waved and smiled at her and even yelled, Hi, Mom. And she saw one of her granddaughters, the older one, 10-year-old Candace, that they all called Candy. And she was wearing her favorite sundress that day. Candy was a fourth grader who was obsessed with kittens and the color lavender. Absolutely. I love it. Could also be me. Right? (laughs) Or the next one, this is you. Marta's other granddaughter, Amber, who was six, she did not see her that day because Amber had been over to play with her best friend and neighbor. So... It's a perfect 80-degree day in uh, Iowa. It's a summer day. There's calm winds. It's one of those days where you hope the sun keeps the summer rain at bay so you can continue to soak up that beautiful summer. Mm -hmm. Everyone's sitting on front porches, waving at neighbors, watching kids play. Amber had been playing with her neighbor, Brittany Ash. They played Barbies, rode their bikes around the block, Amber being on her big wheel, which was cherished and prized. Mm. And on this day in particular, they were splashing on Amber's slip and slide to stay cool. Yep. At about 3 p.m.
0: Oh my gosh, um, this picture you're painting, this was like yesterday. Right. In it our was. life. You know. This is our kids. Uh, we're watching them
1: out in the yard. This is what they're doing.
0: Well, about 3
1: p.m., Amber is done playing at her friend's house. She was described as an outspoken spitfire, (laughs) ran back to her house across the alley. Now, she was excited. This is during the days when kids just knew they needed to run home at a certain time Mm -hmm. because it was going to be time for food, right? exactly. Well, she was particularly excited that day because her mom had planned a picnic for that night. So she was going to come home to get ready for the picnic. When Amber ran to her house, her friend Brittany waved goodbye. Amber was still in her wet swimsuit from the slip and slide, dripping her way back to the house. Uh-huh. That would be the last time anyone
0: saw Amber. Oh, my God. Okay. Right, I'm having a drink. Yes. It's only coffee, but it was still it.
1: having a drink. When Dawn Milbrath, Lori's mom, mm-hmm. drove by Lori's the following day, on July 26th, she had a weird feeling and, and then started mm-hmm. feeling panicked. So when she drove by, the drapes, the curtains were drawn, and there were and cars near the house were parked chaotically, like there the, the vehicles okay. at the home weren't parked how they normally would Got have been in yeah. organized fashion. Mm-hmm. It was it was chaos, chaos. and that was chaos un- chaos. And it was un- uncharacteristic of her daughter. Sure. So she drove by a bit later, and that's like, like they were probably heading to the store. And then as she comes back later, she gets her husband, and she's like panic mode. They knew something wasn't right. Yeah,
0: her intuition is she, she hasn't alerting seen the her. kids outside. She mm-hmm. drives by
1: often. She panics. So they go inside the house, and they don't find any signs of a struggle. Like, there's no blood, there's no furniture in disarray, but there is unfinished dinner on the kitchen table, like prepping for the picnic.
0: Yeah.
1: They're elderly, right? They do notice a few things missing, but nothing significant, like Lori had packed up in a hurry. Hmm. In addition, they discovered a note that was addressed to the neighbor, stating Phyllis, We had to leave on short notice. I will be in touch shortly. Love Lori. So, no phone call to mom, who she's close with.
0: But
1: a letter to the neighbor. But a letter to the neighbor. Well, I'm wondering if the picnic was going to be almost like a neighborly picnic. And so she just leaves this note. Someone leaves this note to Phyllis on her But again, do neighbors
0: just walk into your house? I'm when I, you're expected to meet for a picnic
1: or what right uh, who knows
0: because that's a weird place to leave a note for and a neighbor. why? why just why Phyllis right right
1: well this further cements the idea that Lori and the children might have planned for some type of a hasty getaway or had to leave very quickly so sure. Marge knows okay something is wrong there is foul play involved um I, I didn't get contacted. This is just weird. This wouldn't happen. Yeah. She never heard from her daughter or grandchildren again. When wow. she saw them drive by, the d- when she drove mm-hmm. by them the day before, that was the last time she saw them. Oh. And then this note is the last thing that she sees from Lori. And, and of course, it's not to her. Oh, my heart. But the authorities did not find, there were no bodies. There were no bodies ever found at that point mm-hmm. to prove that there had been any murder. They just oh disappeared. My God. Well, Greg Nicholson had put the Duncans in a bad situation, Charnel.
0: Wow, I'm, color me surprised.
1: He was not honest huh. about being in rehab. That's odd. And if he was, he was still caught up in the life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of, of drugs.
0: Still making those bad choices.
1: In fact, he had just informed on his supplier oh. a few days before he joined the Duncan girls in their home. So Nicholson had an ex-wife. Her name was Leslie Olson. And apparently over the weeks prior to him moving in with Lori Duncan and prior to the Duncan's disappearance, he had told Leslie, don't go outside. Don't stand by any windows. Don't stand by him for too long. And was acting really paranoid. Mm. She did later testify, Leslie, the ex-wife, that she knew that Greg occasionally used drugs but she wasn't aware if he was selling them or not. And and I'll get a little bit to what had just happened with Greg Pryor that would have caused him and Lori to have these conversations in a little bit. Okay. But suffice it to say, she knew at the time that the Duncans and Greg came up missing from that house when mm-hmm. they were supposed to be picnicking that day, that something bad had recently occurred. Mm-hmm. The bodies would not be found for seven
0: years. Holy shit. All right. We're going to change directions now. Oh, my God. Uh, you <laughs> forgot to tell us to strap in for this roller coaster. Well,
1: that's, th- that's the worst part of it until we get to, to finding the bodies. So where we're jumping now is possibly a place where people are going to recognize what's happening here. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about a science nerd turned drug kingpin by the name of Dustin Honkin.
0: So Dustin Honkin. Oh. This is this the guy from that created meth in Iowa or had you, like a big meth thing? And got it. Okay. I actually don't know hardly anything. I do. I'm here to help you. I am, I am here for this. So dun, this dun, dun, dun. guy, when you look him up,
1: oh, we'll often hear, and you're going to hear me say it a few times because I'm quoting people, a real-life Walter White. Yeah. Like Breaking Bad style. Mm-hmm. He grew up, Dustin did, a, a skinny, kind of lanky framed kid like our friend Jason. We, yeah. As we often refer to him as lanky. Yep. Even into adulthood, I would describe Dustin's uh, physique that way uh, until maybe some later prison pictures um, <laughs> with big glasses, freckles, mm-hmm. and a look about him that almost could have had him cast in like Revenge of the Nerds or something. He's Definitely. that looking kid. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't look. If you were to look at this man, like some um, uh, d- drug dealer, he doesn't look like he would be, you know, dangerous. To look at him, he looks like a science geek.
0: Yeah, he was just Which I'm sorry, but you'd have to be to create meth. Truly, well, especially as good as Dustin's gonna get here. Yeah.
1: Okay, like we refer to what cocaine is the devil's sugar. This meth. Would have been I, I glory math oh like there's just no <laughs> glory uh, to to hear how people uh, and the government even describe this wow so he's described as this classic dweeb and he had the smarts to back up his look he was a math and science geek highly intelligent and he was also an excellent speaker and eloquent writer so he's high iq he's good at everything talents
0: and he uses it for this we're
1: gonna get there that's what he's gonna use it for but you're gonna see why a little bit so in 1991 he earns a scholarship to north iowa area community college and he plans on becoming a pharmaceutical lawyer Wow. Yeah, he had big plans. He was going to be a a lawyer. He was going to make the big bucks. Trust me, it's a better direction than the one I went in. Right. Because you go into that pharmaceutical corporate law, and, I mean, he was going to be rolling in it. And he knew something about the topic. Sure. To have an attorney that knows something about the topic Mm -hmm. is going to make them a better lawyer. Well, but by 1992, Charnel, instead, Dustin would be running a multi-state meth operation and became known as the drug kingpin of Iowa.
0: Oh, uh, uh, just why did you use your talents this way?
1: Well, Dustin Honkin grew up in Brit, a small town west of Mason City in north central Iowa. Kay. He's in the sticks, man. Kind of like us. His father, Jim, was a drunken schemer. He held powerful sway over his two sons, Jeff and Dustin. Okay. This is reported by Dustin's sister that he also had named Alice Nelson. So there's three kids. Um, Jeff Dustin and Alice and Alice is like dad was a bad dude and those boys like idolized him and did what he asked I see Jim Honkin had once convinced Dustin who was this is his dad who was then a recent high school graduate to steal and copy the key to a local bank and then Jim robbed it wow a second bank robbery finally landed daddy Jim in prison where he would regale his frequently visiting sons with tales of his criminal exploits.
0: Oh. <coughs> how proud
1: he is of them. Moving him into his schemes that he had.
0: This is how he got his rocks off power and control. i On a yep. big bad dude. Be, being in a life of crime
1: um, was a badge of honor. Yeah. And, and bragging rights for him with yeah. his children. So this is what we see Dustin ex- exposed to. Mm-hmm. I believe... Um, mom and mom and dad are are definitely separated but mom is in existence i didn't hear a ton of bad things about dustin honkin's mother by the way
0: okay but
1: obviously jim not a good dude
0: yeah and had quite an influence over his children he does and it's just such a shame that he couldn't have been like you know what this is not the right path for you guys and recognize the high IQ of his son and, you know, cultivated that, yeah. do something different with your life situation, which you can see happen well, sometimes, but obviously Charnel not. This. Dustin's a kid who has been identified in high school as being highly intelligent.
1: He's both verbally and in writing, um, intelligent as well. He's got the science and math geek thing going on. He's done well in school to the point where he has scholarships to go to college wow. and <laughs> This is what he's been exposed to. Like, this is your literal proverbial, he could have used his powers for good instead of Mm -hmm. evil. He was going to go one way or the other. Yep. And that whole nature versus nurture thing, again, I can't say anything bad about his mom because nothing really came up, but the significant amount of time he spent with his dad, a man that idolized criminal activity. Yep. I mean, that's all he knew. And
0: he idolized his dad so much that I do think the power could have been within his dad to changed directions for his kid but he didn't see a problem obviously none you know to his dad I mean no. with living this type of life and this is what made you a badass and so right. that's yeah. right it was a badge
1: of honor so mm. I know this it, it shouldn't come as a shock then that Dustin Honkin has a little bit of downtime before he's about to start college in between high school and in college so he decides to start selling some marijuana and cocaine for some cash. Just a little bit of the okay. devil's sugar and the devil's lettuce. Yeah, nothing yep. harmful, no, right?
0: No, that
1: was said sarcastically. No
0: big deal. <laughs> right, it's totally fine.
1: Well, Dustin, being as smart as he is, and it has a way with words, and he's so likable, he's amiable. He immediately um, starts bringing in just a great customer base. He builds this huge list of customers, and he really doesn't paying. look
0: intimidating, and, and so it, no. people feel safe. No. I'm sure he's around the him. nerdy
1: freckled kid wearing glasses, slinging some drugs out of his either apartment or the back of his car, and he's now accumulated customers who will pay thousands of dollars for his fix. Hmm. He's starting to figure out a way to pay for college, so there's that. Mm-hmm. He's hmm. he's a. Uh, He's pretty entrepreneurial. I was in just
0: gonna say that. Yes. Okay. So Dustin does
1: start college at North Iowa, and after he completes a year of community a year of community college chemistry, he easily earns an A Methamphetamine enters the picture. Mm. So Honkin mixes his understanding of the drug market because he's in it. Sure. He's selling the devil's lettuce. Probably He's has been selling for a while, the devil's really. sugar. Mm-hmm. Pro- who knows what he was doing for his father, even in high school? Right. I don't. You get the impression that he was the high school nerd that you could always go to to fi- to buy uh, buy some weed. Absolutely, because dad had it at dad the house or whatever. Dustin could get you your shit. Yep, yep. That's I that kid.
0: I imagine that dad, you know, cultivated this even in middle school, starting oh. starting in the middle school years, and. Carried on beyond high school. Yeah, for sure. So he
1: mixes that with his business his business knowledge of the drug market with his scientific knowledge that he has now, and he sees an opportunity, Charnel. Yeah, you can
0: see the bigger picture here, can't he? Well,
1: when you <coughs> are making so much money selling somebody else's product mm-hmm. and then realize the cost-cutting savings, if you can be both the manufacturer mm-hmm. and distributor, he says, Absolutely. I'm going to sit on top of the operation instead mm-hmm. of working for one. Mm-hmm. So Dustin, incredibly charismatic to go with his brilliance, enlists his childhood best friend, a man by the name of Tim Cutcomp, C-U-T-K-O-M-P, Cutcomp. There's
0: no other way to say it. That's it's how, how I'm cut
1: saying it. Cutcomp, Tim,
0: Tim, <laughs> just Tim. Will the pair
1: move then to Arizona, where brother Jeff is living, mm. to try their hand at getting rich? Okay. So Honkin borrows five thousand dollars from his brother, and the two friends. Tim and Dustin buy chemicals and equipment and start working, experimenting in Jeff's kitchen. His his brother in wow. Arizona. Wow! So he moves from it's a Iowa chemistry lab. Iowa in to Arizona kitchen. You're out in the desert wow. with your chemistry lab. Probably easy to steal things like anhydrous and stuff like mm-hmm. this at this point. Not that it's not in Iowa too, but they know him there, so he he's booking it to Arizona, and that's where he's going to start experimenting mm. to see what he can make. He's going to
0: start chemistrying. He is.
1: He God. is. It was like the, the high school chemistry teacher and his, and his friend in a trailer cooking. Wow. Ju- you can
0: smell the ammonia. I can. From here. Everybody oh. take a deep breath. Smell oh. ammonia. Smell that cat pee. Don't light anything.
1: Mm. Nobody smoke right now. So within a year, the pair have moved to a secluded house just t- south of Tucson, Arizona. Okay and mastered a sophisticated cooking setup which i'm not going to describe to you cuz i do not want anyone saying that they right. learned how to make meth. We're just going to right and crime curious.
0: A chemistry occurred people. It That's did. what happened. It did.
1: And anyone you can look up how to make methamphetamine yes. unfortunately yes, on the can. internet and there are multiple methods. Law enforcement officers, DEA officers, they know how to make this as well. Yep. I don't know how many of you know this, but when you become a drug investigator, whether it is for the FBI, the DEA, or even some local jurisdictions with drug teams, they will send you to Quantico and you will learn how to make methamphetamine. Absolutely.
0: How else will you know how the ins and outs of it to be able to take it down? You
1: need to be able to identify yep. signs of it, what mm-hmm. it actually is, and really to figure out what form it is. Because as I've mm-hmm. indicated before, you have one pot methods, you have red P methods. Again, not going to explain to you what those all are uh, for liability reasons, right? <laughs> I'm right. kidding, because anyone can look them up. But <laughs> Dustin is just mastered honking. He's mastered this. They cooking. even
0: took us to take us through that in CPS training, our our nine week training. The identifiers? Showing, oh, yeah, showing us all the pictures. Because you never know when you're out on a complaint and you have to be able to recognize it.
1: So you can picture exactly what this setup is because you've been in it. Yes. So imagine being a brand new CPS worker who is has not been trained and you walk into a trailer where it smells a little bit funny, yep. okay? Yep. But all you're really seeing there, oh, there's some coffee filters. Yep. Oh, there's some Chore Boy, which is what you use to clean the sink. Yep. And maybe there's some other weird things. But Might
0: be some two-liters.
1: But you yeah. aren't going to notice right off the bat that no. that's anything that's drug paraphernalia, sure. unless you've been specifically
0: trained. Right, and the smell is is offensive, but it's like it's like a metally. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it's like a metally cat pee like. Ammo- that's the ammonia it part is. and then highly toxic yes to if you're
1: living in an environment where they are cooking methamphetamine mm-hmm. or it's near you or your children you should go get checked out because yep. you are at risk yep. of going into congestive heart failure your lungs are in, in, in at terrible risk so this is what dustin has made his life into now honk him at the time they set up this cook operation they are able to produce several pounds of almost pure methamphetamine. Holy when shit. they sold, which they then would sell in northeast Iowa through two dealers. Okay. So they're cooking in Arizona. Got yeah. They find Terry Degeis, who who is 32 at the time, and Greg Nicholson. That name should sound familiar. Oh. Who is 34. Okay. This methamphetamine was so pure and so perfect. That later it was stated, the DEA could not even perfectly replicate this recipe. Oh my recipe god! Is the holy in grail a lab? They could not. Meth. They could not replicate the purity of this methamphetamine. The market for this smack is going to be through the roof. Right. It is hard to find this pure of methamphetamine.
0: Oh my gosh. Was it, it was like made from the devil's skin himself. Well, and Dustin might have been, or turns out to be.
1: Like he is, he is, what kind of hopefully, can I blame, blame it on the alcohol, blame it on the meth that his brain changes so bad that he's going to end up doing the things that he does. Maybe. So Mm. Honkin is headfirst into his newfound chemistry experiment this is his passion he is studying chemistry textbooks at local libraries he is studying and reading science journals he is keeping painstakingly thorough records of every cook that he makes why this one was better than the other how it is to get the perfect recipe he's brilliant
0: Wow. He really cares about his, he has a passion for his product. A passion for his product. Oh, that does take a hell of an entrepreneur right I there. I a t-shirt that says passion <laughs> for our product. Yes. But ours has a microphone. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I love that. We have a passion for our product as well. Do Just podcasts,
1: less... not meth people. Exactly. So he also is a brilliant businessman and he's making plans to expand his business on the interwebs. Oh, He's going to wow. move to the internet. And... <coughs> I I'm so you. sorry. Excuse me. We aren't making meth in here. I, and he even considers. I love this. Writing a how-to book on producing, selling meth in America. You
0: stop it. Meth
1: in America by Dustin Honken.
0: And he, he thinks the publisher meth. is going to pick that up. Well,
1: you can self-publish these days. It's That's pretty true. easy. You could. You can just publish it all digitally now on the interwebs. Oh, people could pay. My God. Especially you're the dark right. the darkly webs.
0: Yes, the darkly those darkly the webs. The darkly webs
1: you're gonna find. I would be shocked <laughs> if someone couldn't find Dustin Honkin's pure meth recipe on the dark web. Now. Right.
0: Dark yeah. yeah, exactly. Dustin Dustin's meth one. In presenting these
1: crimes, we've had people draft weirder cookbooks.
0: That's <laughs> true. Than a methamphetamine That's a cookbook. good point. Just throwing there. There's lots there. of human cookbooks. So out he's there. got plans. This guy Really, an entrepreneur. He
1: is going to just take Damn, over. Could have been so successful, all of America. Yeah, truly. Hopefully, as a pharmaceutical attorney. But right.
0: I'm taking a or even just here. a chemist for the normal chemistry things. Maybe he could have found a cure for cancer instead of right making methamphetamine, making the purest methamphetamine that which potentially could
1: causes cancer.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So a handful of drug runs to Iowa. Nets the men hundreds of thousands of dollars wow. and a consistent list of new buyers and old reliable buyers who were like, this is the shit. This is the high you always chase. When you use meth, the one time they always chase that original high and that's the high that they're going to chase with his product. Wow. Honkin is happy to supply these buyers, but as Honkin's operation grew, so, too, did his dependence on methamphetamine.
0: Oh, there it is. Well,
1: he's testing the product,
0: yeah, you know, shit. he fell
1: he fell down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. and his singular focus on success, no matter the cost. So he's into his product. he's he's starting to dabble in his product, I'm sure, for testing purposes only. He's mm-hmm. going to stop at nothing to succeed in this market, and I mean nothing. Mm-hmm. So combining an addiction for the product you're producing,
0: on top of criminal thinking, which this has is been an issue. This is why I don't bake anymore. <laughs> really? I gained, I gained five pounds while I was baking. I yeah. gained five pounds watching people bake, <laughs> so
1: there's that. Shit. But you you see where I'm going brain-wise with this, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he didn't have these substance abuse issues at an early age or if he did and he was smoking some weed here and there. We didn't hear, that he was incredibly affected by it because he's this really smart kid, really high IQ, really doing well for himself in school and a scholarship level. But he had the criminal thinking Mm -hmm. because of how he was raised with dad. And he certainly got the criminal thinking when it comes to starting his little brief sales to put himself through college, we'll call it. Yeah. Obviously, that jumps to him becoming a drug kingpin, making the best methamphetamine in, in Iowa, yeah. Arizona,
0: possibly that whole uh, you and, know west side of the U.S. And how powerful it must make him feel to know that he has this pure product yep. that's in such high demand that he alone created. You got it. I mean, that in itself is like I have risen above he my has. dad who he I has. idolized, you know. He's risen
1: above all. And combine that now that level of criminal thinking with an addict's brain yeah oh so fuck. we see brain brain damage happens right yeah. what do they say how long on average once you stop using to get your brain even back close to the synapses firing six months uh, to a year
0: yeah I believe so
1: so to get rid of the addict thinking along with the criminal thinking which would require extensive moral recognition mm-hmm. therapy mm-hmm. in and of itself this yep. is this is the picture I've painted for you right now of where we are with Dustin. And if that doesn't put you in a bad place, Dustin fell in love. Oh, of course he did. On one of trips, uh, his trips to Iowa, he met a woman who shared his views. Her name was Angela Johnson, and she was from Forest City, Iowa. She had a cascading mane of curly, raven-colored hair, made an instant impression on the increasingly successful honkin. And well, their attraction sure is
0: driving flashy cars. Their attraction is mutual. Like yeah. they,
1: they, it is like love at first sight. They love each other. And Angela at the time was dating Honkins dealer, Terry DeGeis. No kidding. So he fell in love with the guy distributing his product for his wife, his, his girlfriend. Wife. Sorry, his oh, girlfriend. His girlfriend. They still, dating. still.
0: Yeah. That's a no, no. You know, honey, we don't crap where we eat. Love, money and drugs. But, oh. but
1: Honkin is the top guy. He's the shit. Yeah. He's the kingpin. And he's feeling powerful. He's so sitting at the like, top. He's like, I want her. I'm going to have her. He's rolling in money. He's literally, I wrote, at the top of his game, just like you just said, yeah. with new love at his fingertips. Mm. But Honkin's going to start to feel some stings of betrayal in here, too. Mm. You see, one of him and Tim Cutcom's dealers had recently turned on them. He wore a wire to a meet- and recorded Honkin making a 3000 dollars deal for a future meth pickup. So Honkin and his childhood friend Cut Comp then get arrested in March nineteen ninety-three on federal drug trafficking charges. Is this Greg? It was. Oh. We're gonna get to this in a minute. Oh man. So he's at the top, everything's going great, mm-hmm. and somebody fucking rats on it okay Uh oh
0: snitches no snitches
1: so honkin's prepping to go to trial he's sitting in jail he's got attorneys while they're prepping for trial his attorney's going through documents with him and he sees documents that revealed the prosecution's source Mm. so he did not know how they got the information how they arrested him on the drug trafficking charges I don't know how. I was just going to say Megan, how Chanel, how I'm at a loss because when you do search warrants, when I sign a search warrant and there is a CI and you need to as long as you can show that there's probable cause that the information they're providing is is valid and mm-hmm. that it's good information, that it's not stale. Yep. You have PC I seal their names, the CI, for their protection. Yeah. If I even knew it to begin with, because sometimes CIs are listed by a number and then the sh- police have to show reliability and that's how hey. you decide to use it. Yeah. So in this case, how it wasn't redacted. Yes. No. Is he going to find out at trial? You bet your ass he is. Right. And the defense attorneys are going to find out at some point because they get that information. Okay. It's going to come out. Mm -hmm. A judge may even have to order that it come out.
0: But it's the timing of it. The timing. When he is on trial and can't be, can be protected. I got very little to no
1: information about how that happened. Now I don't know mm. if it was in documents that the prosecution intended to reveal, or if somebody got sticky fingers and got information that Donk- Duncan, Honken, that's <laughs> Don Donkin, Dustin Honkin—that's his new name, Donkin. Love it, right? That he was not supposed to see, but he did. So, Shit. so here's what happens: the prosecution source, Nicholson, right? All right, right. Well, after Dustin Honkin sees this, he tells the judge. Well, I guess I'm caught. I'll plead guilty at my next hearing. So they set the hearing for July 30th of 1993. Soon, however, (laughs) let me, let me just preface this then with he is able to post bond, I believe. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So then the main witness, Nicholson. In around 1993, at the start of this story, vanishes yeah. seemingly into thin air. Yeah. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Her face, you guys. You all know where I'm going. Fuck. Feel the suspense. Okay. So, earlier in 1993, <sighs> just before Honkin got arrested, Mason City police had found nearly 150 grams of pure perfect meth and almost $5,000 in cash in Nicholson's house. Okay. Or the informant. Yep. So Nicholson is facing a lengthy prison sentence, and he agrees to cooperate. And he narks on Hong. Okay,
0: I was going to ask, how, how did they get him to be a snitch? Because that I'm sure how. this was very lucrative for him, so he wouldn't have just flipped for no reason. Anybody okay. in
1: the drug industry is going to tell you that Nicholson should have just taken his fucking lumps and not narked. Yeah, yeah, because he was facing a major possession with intent to deliver here. But if he'd never been in trouble before, he was right. likely to spend what five years or something. Yeah, pr- it's a twenty-year felony, but he's likely to spend five years in prison and 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 live
0: for sure that's that's key and live
1: but nicholson agrees to cooperate he's scared as a lot of people are and i love me a good narc well
0: well of course of course judge megan of course you do (laughs) but i'm also thinking do you think that the distance the fact that he was in iowa and his supplier is in and manufacturer is in arizona that that to him created some distance where he felt like the police will probably protect me. This is this is fine. I'll look out for n- myself it in did. this situation. It did,
1: but you just pointed something really beautiful and brilliant out too. What do we know is happening then? If one's in Arizona and one's in Iowa, well, they're easy. They're crossing state lines. Well, yeah. So this is federal. Yeah, we just this is all federal at this point. Right. Okay, right. So they're trafficking drugs throughout states. Nicholson is probably terrified at this point because they found him with all this methamphetamine, all this cash. They, they are probably have enough PC, because I haven't seen those documents. They are not public. They can't be seen. It was used as part of a plea deal mm-hmm. for Nicholson, who is mm-hmm. deceased.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know that this is going to screw Honkin. He's got major federal charges coming yeah, out of this. Absolutely. He's charged with them currently, and he's going to go down way harder mm-hmm. than Nicholson. All right, so now that we know all of this, we know it explains Nicholson's paranoia with his ex-wife, Leslie Olson. Yes. She did leave him soon after his arrest. So timeline-wise, Nicholson gets in trouble in early 1993 with meth. That's Leslie when he gets leaves caught with him.
0: 150 grams yes. and, and the
1: $5,000. $5, okay. Leslie leaves him because she's like, I knew that you used to use meth, baby, but I didn't right. know that you were doing this. Right. So she leaves him. He gives up honking. And then he ends up, he, B. Nicholson, ends up moving in with Lori Duncan and her kids, presumably because his ex wife. Has kicked him out. Exactly. Has left him. Yep. Okay. Now Leslie insists she didn't realize Nicholson had been selling drugs for Honkin and thought they mostly discussed equipment for a band that Nicholson was in. So and he's Nicholson huh. some type of a garage Jesus, band. He's a rocker. Yep. He. It, but Dustin did tell Nicholson, which he had repeated to Leslie, his ex-wife, because she. Sh- this is her quote. Dustin had told him that if he needed to, he could have Greg or anybody else taken out for fifty bucks. fifty. Yeah, the going price for life in, in Ohio- Iowa? Iowa in the nineteen nineties wow. was not high.
0: Wow, that converts to about a hundred and six dollars today. I, I <laughs> correct, and I, and I feel
1: like fifty Jesus. bucks to take out bad guys too. Like this is drug dealers narking out and taking out other drug mm-hmm. dealers, presumably. Yeah,
0: maybe that lowers the cost. I don't know. So a few days after
1: those July 26 disappearances of uh, Nicholson mm-hmm. here and the whole Duncan family, yes. beautiful Miss Duncan and her gorgeous little babies, Honkin gave his attorney a videotape of Nicholson recanting the statements he previously made to authorities. Oh, no shit. So he's missing. But Dustin has been able to come up with this videotape recanting what he stated about getting all of his drugs and money from Dustin Honkin.
0: Is that so?
1: And then Honkin retracted his promise to plead guilty at the July 30th period. I did. Your Honor, no thank you. I no longer will be pleading guilty. Yes. We have a video, and you're going to have a hard time producing a witness, but you don't know it yet. Yep,
0: and you don't know that I've taken care of the witness. Oh, my God. So
1: with the government's witnesses gone... They have no choice. The feds have no choice but to dismiss the case against Honkin and CupConf. And it was officially ended up being dropped in 1995, the drug trafficking wow. charges. And guess what? Honkin set back to work to rebuild his drug of empire. Of course
0: he did. He was made. Why wouldn't he? Now he's got, he's just paid extensive legal fees. Yes. He has got to get his finances in order again. Absolutely. If he wasn't appointed counsel,
1: but I get the impression at that point in time he had enough money stashed, certainly that could pay for a real attorney, <laughs> as I hear people call the ones they pay for. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, funny? Yeah, like, all the time. Like I the I'll, appointed ones, appoint ones are not. And they're like, real. Um, I'd like to hire a real attorney, and I'm like, oh, good, because the one sitting next to you is a figment of your imagination. <laughs>
0: God, I'd like to stop playing pretend now and Uh, being a pretend attorney. uh, Sitting in the position that I have, I can
1: only tell you this for people who are like, I got shitty representation because I got an appointed attorney. Those appointed attorneys are the ones that talk to the prosecutors and the judges locally in that town every day. So I can assure you, compared to some cases that I've seen, you aren't getting bad criminal work.
0: For sure. Defense work there.
1: That is not to say that there aren't bad
0: of public course. defenders, bad prosecutors, and bad judges. Well, right, and and also you can hire a bad attorney as well. You sure can. So pay I all mean, that money, and then yep. they
1: just don't show up to court, or right. they don't do what you paid them or for. They,
0: they act crazy and come back in in a wheelchair, as we <laughs> saw in one of our cases. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> yes, hurt.
0: that's fantastic. Um, I have a question that I'd like to insert right here. Sure. When you're talking about um, attorneys, this is this is an attorney question. Okay. When you're representing somebody that's up on something major like this, like you know that they're possibly manufacturing and whatnot, as a paid attorney, yes. Do you ever just think to yourself, "I think I'm taking drug money"? I think they do. Yeah. And do you think that that rubs them morally in any certain way, or do Some, you think that they're like, mm, doesn't matter?
1: If you look at this from how we're trained and. Remember, I was very briefly a defense attorney for a number of reasons, mm-hmm. and, and some of them are because of of my own moral or ethical code, um, and knowing that I don't know that I could have adequately defended somebody to where they needed to have been defended. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm far. I'm a far better uh, judge for defendants now than I was when I was certainly prosecuting cases. Yeah, and cer- definitely than when I was defending cases. So. They're trained, we're trained that every single person in the United States who is charged with a crime has the right to to an attorney, to a competent legal counsel, by the way. Yeah. And that's why you see ineffective assistance of counsel cases come up and why it's interesting that you brought that up because we may see that here at some point. Okay. So good call on it. Hmm. I think that certain attorneys, it's going to bother them where the money might be coming from.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: I know that there are certain defense attorneys who won't take certain cases. There was a very specific defense attorney in this town here who has since passed who would uh, who refused to take meth cases, period. He'd take a lot of drug cases, but he would not but take not a meth math. case. Okay. okay. And, and, of course, other attorneys are like, why? That's stupid. You know, you should take them all. You have an obligation to take all cases. You don't. And then I know other attorneys who absolutely 100% refuse to do a criminal sexual conduct case. Um, of the accused, even if that person is innocent and they certainly are presumed to be innocent just because they know they can't handle it and don't want to handle yeah. it.
0: Well, then I was going to say, as an attorney and you're essentially running your own business, you have the right to refuse service to anyone. If you don't want to take that business on, yes. you don't have to. You have so, to hope as a
1: defense attorney representing um, drug dealers that when you're being paid, that hopefully the government would have been able to um, detain or get the um proceeds from the illegal activity okay. cuz we can like seize that.
0: that i didn't think about that turn of it too okay like so that.
1: when you arrest so when for example nicholson was arrested with that five thousand dollars in cash totally taken of course it yep. is it is seized it is um part of the evidence and then of course they test it even for things like drugs yeah no, you guys don't want to know that most of the paper money in your wallet probably yep. would test positive for some type of, of sure. drugs yes. right yep because we know that's how bad drug trafficking
0: is yeah. here it, in it's the untraceable. united states it yes is. It, it, i get that it is. Okay. Yeah, I just you know, I've always had that in the back of my mind. Yep. I thought this was a perfect time to ask that question. So, I yep. do really like your answer about how how you guys are trained. As lawyers, everyone has the right to effective legal counsel. Do. And and I appreciate that. And you're
1: going to see why. Prosecutors want defendants to have good defense attorneys
0: yes you do not I as a judge do not no. want you to have a shitty attorney no we want we want everything clear crisp and transparent so you nothing can come back it. on this you yep, got it I get it okay
1: all right so here we You are. got it I
0: get it you I know it. I don't we know why it. I had on, to say we're that.
1: very animated right now <laughs> it's no long, we're on our second cups of coffee it is mid-morning now yep so the government's witnesses are gone. Again, they have no choice but to dismiss the case. So let us I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Tim Kutkamp, okay? Justin's best friend. So he's been his best friend since first grade. Wow. Even though Honkin was often temperamental and difficult, which is really the first time I heard that because I heard him as charismatic. But I think with his friends, he was in charge. I'm yeah, smarter than you, sense. I'm better than you, I may be the geek, but you're going to listen. Well,
0: think of his Tim, dad. you're going to be the heavy. The influence of his dad. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, Cock Comp then, Tim here, he sees his best friend, um, Dustin, as kind of a tough guy protector and someone who always has his back. Mm-hmm. And while they shared in all of the profits, troubles, and successes, you know, minimal mm-hmm. little arrest here and there, of their methamphetamine career, their relationship was clear. Dustin Honkin was 100% in charge and in control of the business, their relationship, and everything else. Hmm. In their outward attempt to show reform, after they're released from prison, they both get jobs packing pudding at a local factory. (laughs) I knew knew as soon as I said it, I was waiting for your face. Stop it. They're pudding packers. They're pudding packers at a local pudding factory in Iowa. Okay. I'm crying a
0: little bit Okay. Now. Okay. I appreciate you throwing <laughs> that in there. You could have left that detail out, and I love you for the fact that you didn't. No, I had, it had to be a man.
1: <laughs> I'm all okay. about the facts, ma'am.
0: Yes. So, all right, so we're packing pudding. They're packing pudding, but they're continuing to cook Together. Them out. They're packing. they are got... A job in the same place. Best
1: friends packing the pudding together. (laughs) I love it. It's beautiful. And then they leave work after getting paid to pack pudding. And they go, are you going to laugh again? (laughs) (laughs) And they go, and they go. We have to find humor in this case because it's awful. And I'm a 12-year-old boy at heart. You are. We both are. I'm sorry. You're just built like one also. I Um, am, yes. I'm definitely looking more like the dad. (laughs) But they do continue to cook meth in an elaborate garage lab. He can put, okay. Dustin Honkin can put together an elaborate meth lab after being in your Anywhere. garage for 10 minutes. That's okay. how I picture this. Yeah. He's like, give me 10 minutes and shut the garage door. Yeah. That's where he
0: is. And we're it. set up for business, baby. Yes. He's not a garage band.
1: No. It's a garage No, band but, but it explains lab. how he became a garage meth guy with, yeah. N- with Nicholson, who disappeared mm-hmm. he's like uh, tell your girlfriend we're here for band practice you hit that <laughs> drum hard a few times i'm gonna get the chore boy
0: right exactly right. Oh so my God. he
1: and cutconf they can't stop cooking the meth they gotta make the money um so they have a garage lab while they're packing pudding this you're still giggling this did not last long though okay they're they're getting um is,
0: is demand too high for the well, i think space it, i think
1: there's that and then this happens They were arrested again in 1996, Okay, which ironically, the day they were arrested was the same day the White House announced a national strategy to fight methamphetamine. Oh, my God. See, we had clearly entered into a methamphetamine epidemic, a pandemic, in the heartland. Yeah. Rural areas where clandestine meth labs were easy to set up and go relatively unnoticed. Well, and
0: also, you guys got to think of they're making this product they're selling this product someone is using it and it is destroying their lives like lives are being destroyed people are yeah. dying um so yes it is calling attention it is. to it absolutely so at this point they're arrested again mm-hmm. I love people. how the universe works sometimes with its ironies. Yes. Like this is when the white house announces, announces this and we take down a, who eventually becomes a kingpin.
1: You can only imagine that he is probably a lot of the reason for this. When they find out about the significant amount of pure methamphetamine coming out of there. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but to get really good methamphetamine before it was, car, you know, drug cartel meth from Mexico. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, uh, Mexico. We love you. But that's, it was, it was yeah. being brought up right? Uh, People were being used as meals. And then Mm -hmm. another fun fact, because I'm full of those, is that a lot of methamphetamine issues and addiction started during the Vietnam War Mm -hmm. where there were issues with soldiers taking and or being given, which I will just leave for you to determine how they were getting that methamphetamine so they would sleep, not sleep. And Correct. be able to, to fight. To continue to so fight. You come
0: and we put it in our Coke. Right.
1: <laughs> Coca-Cola. So you, so you bring people back then from the war. Yes. Um, not a good war. Addicted. Uh, addicted. Yep. They need to find things. Mm-hmm. People are, the drug industry, the methamphetamine industry is starting to grow. There's issues potentially with some bike gangs. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that to all of them because there are fantastic bike clubs out yep. there. Um things being brought up from Mexico, and then all of a sudden during this p- pandemic, when it when it really gets bad, people realize you can make garage meth. Yeah, You can make one pots. You can make red pea. And in the rural areas, you have access to all the things that you need to make it sure do. with very minimal supervision.
0: Right, under the radar. You
1: were a farm girl. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought back at this point in time that you needed to put a camera on the anhydrous that you use for farming? right. Right. Nope.
0: Yeah. But I, they needed to. So I that's got, how we yeah. get to the position. And now we've that escalated in. to the point where um, I've had cases where there's a mobile that's in the back of a minivan being made driving down the road mobile with the babies ma- in the car. Mobile meth labs. You mm-hmm. got the one pot in the
1: back with the two liter. Um, yep. And again, car seats in the car. Yep. We've uh, we have seen this in our lines of work. Oh. Also, let me know that if you do have an issue or you are addicted to methamphetamine or know somebody who is, we are not trying to be assholes. I'm giving you the no. facts here. Yeah.
0: This is just how it came to fruition Absolutely. to be a problem in America. Yeah. Well, here we are in the middle of
1: a methamphetamine pandemic with all eyes on these people. They've mm-hmm. already had charges dropped federally. You know the federal government is watching. Of these course. People. So old Tim Cutcoff. Best friend there. Go old Tim. Well, he starts to become a bit wary of Dustin. He's worried that his BFF is somehow going to link him to the missing informants. Imagine People that. People have not stopped asking questions about where um, Nicholson went and where the, those lovely little girls and of their course. mommy went. So he was fairly sure that they had been killed. Tim did. But mm. he's, he says he didn't know. Mm-hmm. He was fairly sure that they had been killed. And... He needs to save himself, now. Mm-hmm.
0: I wondered if this is where we were going with that. Yep. So Cut conf beats Honkin to the snitch safe, as I call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he turns state witness and proceeds to wear a wire while the pair tooled around on pre-trial release. So they're out on bond okay. again. Don't even get me started on how that may okay. have happened. Okay, thank you, because
0: I was going to start that I'll engine. I'll tell you
1: how, because they set an amount, they probably weren't sitting in there on no bond, and they are drug dealers, and people can come up with that dirty money yeah. that you were talking yeah. about. Well, Oof. throughout hours of tape, Honkin would compare the electricity of killing to the tingling excitement before a rivalry football game, saying, once you go a certain distance, there ain't no turning back. Not making specific statements, but things like that about killing. Honkin even fantasized aloud, recorded, about destroying evidence, buying a gun, and eliminating investigators. And a Dan Cohen, who was a work friend and investor in the meth lab, who he had discovered was a rat. Oh, I've climbed, this is a quote, I've climbed far bigger hills than that little hill, he told Kotkamp. Even if I'm in prison for 15 years, whatever, when I get out, he's still dead. When Kotkamp expressed concern over killing witnesses, well, of course he's going to because he's wearing a wire. Of course. Makes you look a little better. Right. Also should have
0: been a red flag to Dustin that he was wearing a wire. Honkin says they
1: had, quote unquote, put themselves in that position. They made me choose between my family and them, he said. I'm sorry, but that ain't no choice. Mm. Honkin was convicted this time because of that narc Kay. in 1997 of manufacturing and distributing methamphetamine, and he was sentenced to 24 years in federal prison, mm. later extended to 27 years. Due to his cooperation, Kutkampf pleaded guilty to a lesser charge. Note, There are no charges yet regarding the murders of the Duncans or Nicholson, and nothing has been solved regarding those.
0: At this point in time. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to (gasps) leave. This is a two-parter? It's going to be a two-parter, Megan! Oh, my God.
1: But I feel like I should leave you with something funny. If you could. Well, this case so far was easy. The beginning is sad. And then we just get to hate on a meth guy, so Mm -hmm, maybe we mm -hmm. weren't as serious as we should be. But the 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 next parts will be a little bit more serious. Mm. So I looked up on Board Panda.
0: I love Board Panda. I love it. Oh wait, so entertaining.
1: This is not.
0: Hold on, we're holding. You have
1: to because it accidentally clicked onto something that okay (laughs) seventy five funny tweets by husbands who are winning at marriage
0: oh okay Okay. i could probably have some of those you might please feel free to share
1: so i'm i'm cold reading some of these but i'm gonna okay this is from josh who whose tag is i wear a onesie which is i don't know fetishy or what but my my wife said i need to grow up oh really could it be the onesie josh (laughs) i was speechless It is hard to say something when you have 45 gummy bears in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I can see it now.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Wife says to Grant Tanaka, it's like every man on earth has to share one brain. Me, can't think of a good comeback because it's not my turn to use the brain. (laughs) (laughs) Abe Yaspi says, when my wife falls asleep in a public place, I shake her a little and yell, don't you die on me. (laughs) And people always clap when she wakes up also my significant other falls asleep all the time and i'm going to do that in public
0: in pu- yes I anywhere know That anywhere he's never fallen asleep in public with me well you're fun where i was gonna <laughs> say we keep him too entertained you're fine Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm going to start trying that. The next time
1: at Brain Bath, Jason falls, falls asleep falls on one asleep. of our couches. Holding his whiskey. Let's do that. Let's shake the piss out For of sure. him and be like, don't, don't you die don't on you me. Don't you die on
0: me. You know what? This is going to be terrible, but my 84-year-old father-in-law. Don't shake him. Oh my god, he falls asleep at the bar. Like we'll be eating dinner, and he'll fall if the conversation lulls for longer than thirty seconds. He will fall asleep. <laughs> he can't. He doesn't drive. Well, he does drive, but he has to have a passenger to keep him awake because at a red oh, light yeah. he'll fall asleep. Yeah, I want to try this. You
1: should. I just I don't, you Sorry, don't you don't you die on I and love He's it. an old old man. I like this one. First of all, the hashtag is exploding unicorn. Oh yeah, and then it just so- starts with. Picture yourself out in public. Me, a kid is crying. Wife, it's not one of ours. We fist bump. <laughs>
0: Win. <laughs> it's not one of ours. Look away. Exactly. And
1: Josh, we're onesie again. Oh my God, the apparently child, the can't man keep child. He his mouth shut, but he says, before I got married, I didn't even know there was a wrong way to put milk back in the fridge. <laughs> Yes, there is, sir. I'm here to tell you, yes, there is. Yep. Kent Graham says, when I awoke from the car accident that I was in, in a full body cast with almost all my limbs broken, my wife was right at my bedside to remind me that childbirth is still more painful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I love that. At Boyd's Backyard says, I love when I leave work early to surprise my wife at home, and she greets me with those three very special words. Were you fired? <laughs> Yep, that oh, would be, exactly. I, I do
0: like that. Why are you here? Were you fired?
1: Exactly. Not afternoon delight. No,
0: no. Was, or I'm
1: so glad to see you. Right. It were was, you
0: fired? Or yep. what are you doing home so early?
1: Well, at Kent Graham says, I don't understand how God can have 10 commandments for the whole world, but my wife has 152 just for our house, <laughs> which we can all probably, probably uh, sympathize to? with. Yeah, yep. definitely.
0: Yep. That's funny.
1: Therapist. This is from at nice Eric, Eric Shadow. Therapist. I bet he's a dick. Probably. <laughs> yeah. What's the problem? The therapist says. Wife. He replaces words with animal names just to annoy me. Eric. I don't do it on porpoise. <laughs> it's a bad dad joke. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. We can all relate to this. I spent half as much as you usually do on groceries. Wife. Congratulations. Me. There's nothing to eat in this house. (laughs) You didn't buy the right stuff. That's right. Exploding Unicorn says again, here's my relationship status for the day. My wife asked me what I wanted for dinner and then told me I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
0: Oh, okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that.
1: Josh Hara says marriage is like coffee. First, it's really hot. Then it's just right. Then it helps you get off your ass and do things. (laughs) I don't know if I can find one to top that. Oh, that's amazing! But have you ever seen the things where a wife and a husband are laying there in bed, and it's like the little you know icons coming from the, or the word bubble? That's yes, what yes. I'm looking for. Yeah, and she's like, "I bet he's thinking about other women," and he's yeah. actually thinking, "Wife, what are you thinking about me?" Pauses, daydream about zombie ninjas fighting cyborg <laughs> cyborg Nazis from the
0: future. You. <laughs>
1: And, and that's how I think I'll end that brain oh bath. Oh so.
0: god. Thank you for that. That was delightful. You're welcome. After being so methy, we just uh, had yes. some sub funny I love it. Today
1: is a meth-tastic.
0: Meth- <laughs> meth-tastic. <laughs> we're having a great day. We are. And we're using
1: legal um uppers today in caffeine. the form of caffeine in
0: the and form of caffeine exactly if you're a patreon go ahead and jump right over to part two because you get Let's them right away as a perk if you're not a patreon click the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash crime curious to join and be able to listen right away we know some of y'all <laughs>
1: oh i'm scared it scared me <laughs>
0: that terrified I'm me very as well. jumpy is it all the meth yes <laughs> shit's sake I think um someone's here. <clears throat> Yes. So, what I was trying to say is um, we know some of you guys join just to hear the second part and then you unjoin. We get that. We understand. But while you
1: paid to join, go listen to a bunch of other stuff.
0: Yeah. And then continue to stay there so that you can continue to get all the perks. Seriously, I don't think you guys realize how much extra content our Patreons get. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, um, yeah. Until then, though, keep Keep it it curious. curious. Keep Keep listening. listening. We love y'all. Bye bye.